Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life that totally rocks. You're listening to Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS podcast for busy women who want to ditch the fatigue, find balance and feel great with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest came into my life as a breath of fresh air on the Sunshine Coast. She was one of the first people to welcome me when I moved to the area with a coffee and a chat. Turns out we got along famously. She's an amazing nutritionist who works in a niche that is so needed. You see, she's all about helping women navigate their perimenopausal and menopausal years with more ease and grace. We were talking this week about the changes that both our bodies are currently going through and also those of our clients, and we were joking about the fact that no one tells you what you're in for, like not even anyone's mums. We often get told about the hot flushes and the night sweats, probably because we'll see a family member or a friend actually struggling in the hot weather. But menopause is so much more than that. And a lot of the symptoms come as a surprise and or even a shock to women, which is why I've got her on the show today. We've decided that we want to be all about the education. So we are going to be going through the top five things your mum didn't tell you about menopause and we won't be pulling any punches. Yep, we're going to be going into glorious detail. So (laughs) don't laugh yet. (laughs) (laughs) without further ado this is the bit where all the guests start giggling you know that without further ado (laughs) let's get this show on the road please welcome to the show the very lovely kylie pinwheel oh yay thanks jules uh thanks for having me i'm very excited to be to be here and you're right it's all the things that no one ever tells you so yeah i think we should just jump in and tell everyone (laughs) i reckon and you know what like normally i'm quite meticulous in how i plan out my podcast interviews like i write down about sort of 15 different questions, even though I know it's going to get culled down to like 10 questions in the moment. And with your interview, I've literally just got like five headings and like no questions because I'm like, well, we're just going to talk about these five things. Absolutely. No, I can (laughs) talk about all of these things in my sleep. (laughs) Excellent. So first of all, uh, why don't you tell us why you became interested in this particular niche? Like how did you end up down this rabbit hole? Yeah, sure. It certainly wasn't anything that I'd ever really planned. It, you know, because I was like, perimenopause, who wants to know about that? That's not me. Um, I was massively in denial myself. (laughs) And, but what I found was, you know, like I sort of have grown with my clients. So like years ago, I was all about kids nutrition because I was struggling to feed my own kids. And, you know, we had a few allergies and things going on. Then as it sort of moved on, my sort of favorite clients were, you know, women that I would otherwise be friends with. So they would come in about my age, they're exhausted, they're putting on weight, they don't know why, they're cranky, they're, you know, like all of the things. And what I found was, you know, you know, like I was actually really able to help these women, but I couldn't understand, like, why weren't they responding to like the normal weight loss stuff that worked, would have worked for them 10 years earlier? Why weren't they responding to, um, you know, 
from just the, the regular things. So it, it, there was just this sort of group of women in their sort of early 40, early to sort of mid 40s to late 40s who were really struggling and they weren't menopausal. They were just, you know, they were starting to have all these symptoms. And I was like, oh, gee, I feel like that some days too. And then, <laughs> and then I was sort of like, is it no couldn't be perimenopause I was like no we're all too young for that (laughs) then (laughs) despite actually logically knowing better um I couldn't you know I found it really hard to put myself into you know give myself that perimenopause label because I was like no I'm fit I'm healthy this doesn't apply to me um but it applies to my clients and then I actually realized that uh yeah hello sunshine it does apply to me (laughs) and you know this is the first thing that no one tells you is that your biggest changes happen in perimenopause And that can kind of start, sorry to tell you this, ladies, from the age of 35. So it can actually start happening. Most women sort of see it like around their mid-40s, but it can actually start happening late 30s, early 40s as well. And that's the thing that I've I've come to realise, that when you see some of the, you know, the hot, the hot flushes and the night sweats, like when, yeah. when you see women with those sorts of things, you do see that I, I often find they're a little bit further down the track. 100%, and, yep. and they're the things that everyone's kind of waiting on so that they go, yep. right, oh, it is menopause, right, right, yes. right. Yeah. And, and so these other changes, they're the ones that turn up first and they're, that's why it sort of comes out of the blue a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, you know, that's how women don't necessarily link it to their hormones because, you know, no one's ever told us that our hormones are starting to change. So, yeah, no one gets that association at all. So, but I'm here to, uh, or we're here to uh, change that. And, yeah, I feel feel like I'm breaking the news about Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, girls. It uh, happens sooner than you think. <laughs> yeah, you're over for 35. Keep listening. Yes. Oh, dear. All right. So why do you think we're not talking about it? Um, I think it kind of comes, well, There's. I think there's a couple of reasons. First up, you know, we, you know for a lot of women, first point of call is the GP. You know, they go and see their GP, they're tired, they've put on weight, you know, they're just feeling a bit out of sorts and there's no sort of test for perimenopause. So perimenopause is more sort of like a collection of symptoms and, you know, there's no definitive diagnosis for perimenopause. So from a medical perspective, like they really don't know what to do with us. And if we keep complaining, they'll just put us on antidepressants. (laughs) Um, So it's, you know, and I think that's part of the problem is, you know, if you've got a good GP who has a good understanding of, you know, hormones, and a lot of GPs actually don't, like they know what to do with menopause. And, you know, unfortunately it is antidepressants or straight to HRT, um, which is fine if it's warranted, but, you know, not it doesn't need to be a first pot of call um so i think 
medically they don't know what to do with us. And then I think the other part of the problem why we don't understand is because our mothers never really understood either and it was always, oh, she's going through the change. (laughs) (laughs) And it was this hushed kind of, it's all right, she's going through the change. And it was this whispered, hushed thing that, you know, and like if you sort of think back to when we went through puberty and when we started our periods, you know, we didn't talk about it. We weren't encouraged to talk about it. So I think the fact that it's hopefully becoming more of an open conversation and more normal, um, I think hopefully will change sort of with our generation because at the end of the day, like it is a normal transition through life. You know, there's certainly no shame around it. There's no reason we shouldn't be talking about it. Um, Because just like we went through puberty, we're all going to go through menopause and, you know, and it's not going to last forever. You know, we're going to come out the other side of this as well. Yeah. So I think that's good to know because a lot of women think that this is it forever. (laughs) (laughs) It's just made me realise though as well, like, you know how you were saying, like, really doctors, the the medical profession don't know what to do with this because all they have is HRT. And then I was sitting here going, holy crap, like HRT hasn't been around that long. Yeah. What were people doing? Literally before that was invented or, or wide, yeah. widely available, they had nothing. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, it's interesting. They did a, um, like there's lots of studies around about how other cultures you know, go through menopause. And it's interesting. And I think as with everything, you know, in our Western sort of lifestyle, you know, we're stressed to the eyeballs, we're, you know, likely got some kind of health, other health condition going on. We're likely, you know, have thyroid, have adrenal stuff, have, you know, all of these other conditions which just exacerbate it. Um, you know, if we're carrying extra weight to start with, that doesn't help, you know, like so many things. So I think it's also a, certainly, you know, it's it's been around and women have struggled with it. Like some of the ads from the 40s and 50s about how to deal with it are hilarious. Um, oh but, I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got some crackers. But, um, yeah, but certainly from a cultural perspective, it's you, the fact that we struggle with it is very much a Western thing. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I also wonder, like when you were saying, like, um, you know, stress, thyroid, adrenals, being overweight, I'm thinking, well, we as a nation in Australia, we're, we're getting bigger as a population. Yeah, so sure. then statistically speaking, more women are going into their menopausal, perimenopausal years with more weight gain already yeah, on. Yeah, 100%, 100%. A lot of my clients are coming in, you know, with 10, 20-plus kilos before they even get started. So it's, yeah, it's it's tough. Oh, goodness. All right. Shall we start going through the, uh, the five things that your mum didn't tell you? Are you yes. ready? Let's do it. <laughs> well... <laughs> 
We're already kind oh, of halfway actually, through the first. Yes. We, well, let's backpedal a bit. So perimenopause mm. is, sorry, Jules, I'll just take over your podcast. Yeah, no, no, it's good. Cool. I'll just put my feet up. It's fine. <laughs> Don't mind me. Take, take the wheel, Carly. Take the wheel. Carly Penmore <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so perimenopause is when you start, just to kind of give you a bit of anatomy 101, is when you start to get these big surges of progesterone and estrogen and then these big drops. So you'll start, so you've gone from having this nice flow, ideally a lot of women never get the nice flow, but this nice flow of 28-day cycles, you know, it's regular, it happens automatically. Um, Then what happens, we start to get these big surges and these big drops, and this is what starts to cause all these symptoms and trigger this imbalance then, you know, has a knock-on effect to your thyroid, to your adrenals, you know, and to your um, ability to regulate your blood sugar, you know, all of these things, your sleep, you know. So all of these things start to go a bit haywire. Then your periods start to become, you know, a little bit sp- more spaced out, <laughs> 32 days or more. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Kylie. <laughs> Um, yeah, so your periods start to get a little bit more spaced out. For some women, they get heavier. For some women, they get lighter. And eventually, they, they stop. So when you officially haven't had a period for 12 months, that's when you're in menopause. Okay, so and that's not ever explained to a lot of women either. So, you know, once you've not had a period for 12 months, boom, you've been through menopause. You're on the other side. Yeah, and... The bit that a lot of people also don't realise and and that like even I never used to realise, even as a practitioner, was that a lot of the symptoms are happening in perimenopause, not not in actual menopause. hundred percent. So, yeah, it's it's not like you're waiting for your periods to stop and then still get symptoms. Like the symptoms are going to happen before the periods stop. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And see, once they've stopped, then you've got sort of like there's like other sort of symptoms that come with that because then your body's producing low levels of hormones. So that's where you sort of the hot flushes tend to come in a bit more and you are more susceptible to, you know, insulin resistance and, you know, osteoporosis and heart conditions and things like that so there's other things that you need to be mindful of but those big surges in hormones have have essentially gone so Mm. fun times ahead ladies i know i know talking about all the fun things today (laughs) yeah don't worry though like stick stick with it dear listener we're gonna also tell you what to do about this as well it's not all doom and gloom all right. So in terms of the first of the five things that your mum didn't tell you about menopause, we've kind of already touched upon the first one. So let's get right into it. Weight gain. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, this is probably the, the number one reason that women will come and see me. Um, they're like, oh, my God, I've not changed anything. I eat really well. You know, I'm doing keto. I'm fasting. I'm doing, you know, I've joined the gym. I do boot camp six days a week and I'm putting on weight. And I'm like, yeah, 
Yep. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> what happens is, you know, you, this is where it becomes, it's not about the food and it's not so much about the exercise. Um, what I actually find is a lot of women, you know, just aren't eating the right balance of food. So it could be that they're not eating enough food um, because also like coincidentally with this age group is, you know, it's what's often referred to as the sandwich age. So you still have teenage or a lot of us have teenage or young adult children who are still quite demanding. Then you've also got parents who are getting older, who are getting more demanding. And then, you know, you're also still having, you know, trying to juggle a career, a job, you know, life, plus all the household stuff. And, you know, so there's a lot of balls in the air. So generally at this point, um, you know, stress levels are just ongoing, you know, take pandemics and lockdowns and, you know, financial stress and there could be marital stress or there could be stress over, you know, kids who have got their own stuff going on. So you've then got this chronic kind of flood of stress hormones through your body and stress hormones at the end of the day want to keep us safe in case there's a famine. Okay, there's no famine going on. We no. all know that. But you know, what our stress hormones do is they just go, oh, my God, you know, she's a bit stressed out. She might be chased by a tiger sometime soon, so let's just whack that around her middle. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Like if you can get a change the way that you respond to stress and work on changing things up a bit. So eating less is not the answer. Cutting out, you know, your beautiful plant-based carbs, that's not the answer. You know, we need those healthy fats. We need protein. We need those plant-based carbs because we need to sort of like manage the stress and our thyroid and, you know, our hormones at the same time because it's all linked so if, you know, if we're stressed, there's a good chance that everything's out. Does perimenopause also mess up our blood sugar to the point where that's also going to contribute to the weight gain? Yeah, it's, yeah, 100%. Um, more so after menopause, I find, you know, with that drop in estrogen. So we do, estrogen can be quite protective of had the way we regulate our blood sugar levels. So it's more after menopause that blood sugar becomes an issue. But if you don't have a good handle on your blood sugar levels during perimenopause, you know, you're going to be even, it's going to be harder for you once you do go through menopause. So it's, you know, really important to sort of keep those blood sugar levels stable. Yeah. But it sounds like a, a lot of it comes back to managing stress hormones because, like, you know, even in terms of that axis with the thyroid, like yeah. the stress is going to mess up your thyroid more if you're if you're that sort of person who's yeah. susceptible. <sighs> That's, yeah. It, or, and, and see, 2020 and 2021 have just yeah. really not done us any favours in that department, have they? Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> so for all of you ladies who are working from home, homeschooling, doing all the things, it's like I feel for you. Um, yeah. Certainly I've got a lot of clients, you know, in those sort of situations and, yeah, it's tough. So, you know, and I think being kind to yourself as well and giving yourself some slack 
that it is what it is, you know, so what can you do to kind of nourish and replenish yourself, not starve yourself and flog yourself at the gym? Yeah, yeah. And I swear, like, so many women of this age, when they come to both yourself and and myself in clinic, they've already tried starving themselves, they've tried low-calorie and they've either not lost any weight at all on low-calorie or have lost some and it's come straight back on. Yeah, yeah, for sure, 100%. And and I've even had uh, women who've gone to, like, personal trainers, et cetera, and the trainer has given them a low-calorie diet to follow and when it didn't work, they just cut the calories a little bit more. Oh, totally, because that 25-year-old personal trainer at the gym, he is all over what perimenopause are women. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, he might look good, but he's got no idea. (laughs) What what was that amazing meme that Luke Hines put on, on Instagram recently? And I'll totally butcher this, but it was something along the lines of, all, all those fitness influencers and train, trainers who are in their 20s, it's like, yeah, I looked hot too when I was that age and I was just living off like Alka Pops and like two-minute yeah. noodles or something. There was something like that. <laughs> totally. It's totally. like come back come back and see me in your 30s, right? Uh, That's when yeah. it really starts. Yeah, of course yeah, you yeah. look hot now. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Actually, I was laughing at a friend the other day when we were in London and, you know, we, we always had enough money for beer but never quite enough money for food. So we just basically lived on alcohol and wheat picks. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> it's, nice. Yeah, I know. It's um, <laughs> done wonders for my uh, gut health. <laughs> yeah. I, I was more of a two-minute noodle girl myself because then you could put the country harvest veggies on top and definitely Ooh. call it a meal. Fancy. And then, and then if it was if it was pay week, like if it was Aus study week, then you'd get a slice of like craft cheddar and melt that over the top in the microwave. It was gourmet. <laughs> Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm feeling really queasy just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, perfect example of what worked then doesn't work now. <laughs> doesn't work now. Oh, Lordy, no. <laughs> Although, I, I, honestly, I'd have such a tummy upset if I ate that now. It probably would cause oh. me to lose weight for a few days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we go to the next thing that your mum didn't tell you about menopause? Yeah. Uh, so your low energy and how you are tired all the time. All the time. All the time. So this is another big one that women just come in and they're just like, oh, I'm so tired. Um, and there's a couple of things going on here. So with these sort of changes in hormones and these big surges, like quite often, you know, sleep is one of the first indicators that your hormones are on the move. So that commonly see sort of between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. So generally, you know, women might be okay going to sleep, but then when they wake up in the middle of the night, they're awake for hours. Um, So again, this can be sort of hormones. It can be some women get sort of night sweats with this. So, you know, really sweaty and sticky and horrible. Um, It can be, you know, that you've, you've got that blood sugar imbalance and your blood sugars have dipped and that's what's woken you up. Um, It can be, again, that stress, so just that busy brain and your brain's going a million miles an hour about all the things that you need to do. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, of course you wake up the next morning, you feel 
you haven't had a good night's sleep and, you know, you feel sort of really foggy. So what's the first thing, you know, that we want? We want caffeine. And then, you know, throughout the day, because of our our sort of sleep cycles being messed with, you know, we really, uh, you know, our body is driving us for those carbs and for something, you know, usually sugary, sweet, carby, you know, just to sort of give us that pickup. So you can sort of see where you're, how things are connected. So, you know, all of your hormones, your blood sugar, stress can trigger that poor sleep, but then having that poor sleep also keeps driving these things. So you're going around and around in this circle, um, you know, of of feeling exhausted. And the more over, the more stressed you are, the more you work your adrenals and, you know, your adrenals just... Yeah, poor little things. They're only tiny. We're exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> They're sultanas. They're little sultanas. They're all shriveled up and really tired. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so it's sort of this like perpetual cycle that, you know, and it's really hard to break. Um, and again, it comes back with, you know, start with the stress management, you know, like, and stress is a really interesting thing. It's perceived. So it's, you know, we tend to, and a lot of women I've um, have found sort of in this age group, particularly once all these symptoms start ramping up is an increase in, in anxiety. So it could be anxiety that they've never had before and this is a new thing. Um, And, yeah, and this is where, you know, just getting a handle on managing your stress and doing things to nourish, replenish, restore your body, not stress your body out even more can be really important. And it's interesting that a lot of my clients who are going through this will tell me that, they expected that when their kids got a bit older that they wouldn't be getting up during the night for them, right? You know, it makes sense. <laughs> kids can look after themselves, right? So you're not getting up to little humans anymore, great. But then what they didn't realise is that those kids actually get independent and yes. they have cars or they have friends yes. with cars and yes. they go out on the weekends for all yes. hours and yes. you don't know where they are and yes. you don't know if they're okay and yep. then suddenly you're up all night worrying about yep. them. 100%. Yep, that's me right now. I have a pee yeah. plate up and oh God. <laughs> I yeah, need a paper yep. bag some days just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, because we know what we did when we were that age and that's the problem. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah, and so that lack of sleep, especially on the nights when the kids are out, yeah, like it's it's a different it's a different type of reason for the lack of sleep, but it's still yeah. lack of sleep. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, just work stress too. I think a lot of, you know, women hold on to what's going on in their life. And one sort of activity that I get them to do is actually get up, get out of bed and just do a brain dump onto a piece of paper. So, you know, like all the, it doesn't have to be a to-do list. It doesn't have to be perfect. But if you are just vomit everything that's going around in that loop in your head, write it down on a piece of paper um, and it just gets it out of your head. And for goodness sake, ladies, please don't sleep with your phone in your bedroom. 
<laughs> so that is one of the worst habits, um, you know, and it's not going to help you sleep. Yeah. Yeah. And then the temptation to look at it, especially yeah. if you wake up at three in the morning, yeah. that temptation to look over at it is yeah. so great. And then once you've looked at it, the bright light of the screen wakes you up more. Yeah, for sure, every time. Yes, and I only know this because I've done it myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> and all right, so should we talk about the elephant in the room here? Oh, God, uh, which one? <laughs> so many. <laughs> we've got a whole zoo in the room, I think. Um, alcohol. Oh, so, God, that elephant. Right. That no, elephant. no, can we just gloss over that? Moving right, right. along. Moving right oh, along. Go on, right. go on, go on. Okay, all right. It is not That's really- me dropping my pen because I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I don't need to take notes for this bit. No, it's really not doing you any favours, you know. And I, as a self-reformed party girl, I get it, you know, and I get the coming home from work and, you know, feeling stressed and the wanting to de-stress, um, glass of wine, GNT, whatever it is, you know, and it's I get my clients to actually have a look at their relationship with alcohol. Like is it every night? Is it what's the reason for it? Is it just habit? Is it to block out your day? Is it to block out the people you live with? Is it to block, you know, if we're using alcohol as to numb things or to block things, then, you know, why? And also what else can we do? So what alcohol does is it basically, to you know, really simplistic form, it puts the rest of your body on hold because, you know, alcohol is a poison to our body. Um, so it basically puts the rest of your body functions on hold while it deals with the alcohol and breaks it down. So if you're struggling with weight, if you're struggling with sleep, if you're struggling with energy, you know, drinking, particularly daily drinking, it's just going to make all those things worse. And it's going, you're never going to get out of that cycle. So with my clients, what I do with a lot of them is sort of say, you know what, you can still have a couple of drinks because at the end of the day, like it's the, the plan that you choose to sort of follow, you know, it's got to be realistic. So if you do enjoy a drink, you know, what about one or two drinks, one or two nights a week, you know, not the whole bottle every night um, sort of thing. So, so yeah, so I do get them to do a bit of a sleep challenge for four weeks at, with no alcohol and, yeah, every single time they come back and go, oh, my God, I'm sleeping so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're sleeping yeah. better, everything else feels better. So, you know. Yeah. So it's not it's not that you can't drink, but certainly your body, you're not doing your body any favours and, you know, maybe it's time to look at why. Yep. Uncomfortable truth is served up and, <laughs> yep, it has to be though. But the other thing that alcohol does is it, it lures you into thinking it helps you get to sleep. Like yeah. you, you, you know, you're often reaching for that drink when you're feeling a bit wound up. You want to unwind and relax and you go, okay, I'll pour a wine, I'll sit on the couch, like I'm feeling more, feeling more relaxed, like yeah. it's helping you unwind to get to sleep. But then it like doesn't help you sleep. Yeah, no, because mm. your body is working overtime to process it. So even though it's, 
is a depressant and it depresses your sort of nervous system so you do fall asleep more easily then you know as it goes through your body and your liver's working hard to break it down and your body just wants to get rid of it you know it's later on during the night that's where it it wakes you up 3 a.m hello (laughs) hello i'd like to try detoxifying all of this now i'm going to wake you up while i do it says the liver yes Um, but also like especially in perimenopause when you're going through that that roller coaster of peaks and troughs of hormones like how do the hormones get regulated like you know detoxifying your hormones via the liver and like you said if alcohol is getting the priority that night and that's going to mean that the excess hormones and not getting the priority that night what happens to those hormones yeah 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 great thanks for ruining our evening (laughs) (laughs) i I did say one to two drinks one to two nights a week (laughs) it's true and honestly like you know if we're if we're talking about weight gain then and we're talking about blood sugar and we're talking about all of that of course we have to look at what what we're drinking because that's going to contribute to that as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one little tip that I give all my ladies is, you know, quite often it's the the ritual of it. So still come home, still grab your wine glass, but slice up some um, lime and, you know, put some fresh mint and top it up with mineral water. And honestly, you've still got that wine glass in your hand And nine times out of 10, you know, you forget that you're not actually drinking alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that is literally what I do. I like put, you know, sparkling water in the special glass and I make it look special and I chuck it in from the garden. And I'm like, I'm having my special drink and my brain is tricked into thinking that it's it's a special drink. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like, I think we like to have nice things and we like to reward ourselves. So yeah, there's, there's other ways you can do it without alcohol. There's this really cool brand that I got into called Monday Distillery and they make all these sugar-free, alcohol-free versions of your favorite drinks. So they've got like a pretend gin and tonic and a pretend this and a pretend that there's like a pretend whiskey one. Like, And they're in special glasses and they look really fancy. And yeah, I, I went through a couple of months where I went completely alcohol free, um, did actually do me a lot of benefits. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I, like if I was going to a barbecue or something like friends, I, I would take those with me and yeah, it was great. It really was great because I still felt like I was having something fancy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, all I would say is ladies, just, if you are going down that alcoholic free drinks is just watch the sugar because you don't want to be swapping out alcohol for just you know essentially a soft drink yeah and that includes kombucha everybody check the labels like some of that shit's got so much sugar in it oh my god yes oh my god yes all right well while we're on that topic should we go to the next the next of the five points which is sugar cravings cravings yeah do you like my segue that was a segue do you like that segue a segue (laughs) Thanks, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super segue. <laughs> um, all right, so cravings. So we've kind of, you know, 
part of the cravings is, you know, we're just not getting the right balance of nutrients on our plate at our meals. So, you know, you need, like, I always sort of talk about having protein and fats as the anchor to your meals. So you need fibre just to kind of keep everything moving. You need protein and fats to anchor your meals. And then, you know, it's going to keep your blood sugar like fairly even. So if you think about it, if you have a bowl of cornflakes, a juice and a coffee for breakfast, you're going to be hungry an hour later and you're going to be looking for the muffin or the biscuit or the, you know, the something else because your blood sugar has gone sky high and it's come crashing down. Whereas if you have, you know, a beautiful piece of sourdough, some avocado, a poached egg and some spinach, you know, that's going to keep you going until lunchtime because you've got that fats and that um, protein to anchor your blood sugar. So, yeah, it still goes up, but it comes slowly down. Um, So that's going to help. Getting a good night's sleep, like we've already sort of talked about, you know, it's we're keeping those hormones in check. So our hunger hormones and our, um, you know, hormones that keep us full, you know, they're not going out of control. So, you know, if we're not sleeping, our body just, it has that drive for carbohydrates, for sugar, for, you know, something to pick us up and keep us going. So um, they're probably the key things that I look at with, with cravings and blood sugar is first, you know, make tweaks to those diets. And even, you know, I've had so many women who sort of sit in front of me and they say, oh, I eat really well. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just add in a bit more protein. Let's add in a bit more fat and let's see how we go. And particularly if you start getting that in at breakfast, it will make an enormous difference throughout your day. Yeah. Why do sugar cravings get worse during perimenopause? Um, Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Probably, there's probably a few different reasons. Um, First of all, because we're so bloody busy that we don't put the time in to make ourselves proper meals. Hello, breakfast and lunch. We'll cook dinner for the family, but we'll just grab something on the fly for ourselves throughout the day. Um, Also, I think, you know, those fluctuations in hormones and it's normal, like if we're having a normal 28-day cycle, it's normal for us to feel a bit hungrier um, and, you know, our body actually does need a few more carbs before our cycle. So, you know, that... It's a couple of days where, you know, a lot of women report sugar cravings or chocolate cravings before your period, you know, like that's normal to have that. Your body actually has an increased need for those sort of foods. But because we've got these big surges and these big drops, um, you know, that can kind of make it worse. And then also because we're stressed to the eyeballs, um, our adrenals are working overtime, you know, they want, you know, carbs and sugar and that quick kind of fix to pick us up. So, yeah, it's just all of those hormones sort of coming at us from different angles. Um, And, yeah, all hormone imbalances point to sugar and carbs. Great. And and salt. (laughs) And or salt. (laughs) Yes. Um, But certainly, um, you know, getting the balance right at breakfast helps. Getting it right at lunch helps get you through that afternoon. Like if you've had a good solid, you know, serve of protein and healthy fats with your lunch, you know, that's going to help you get through that afternoon a whole lot better. 
And the other thing is, if you're listening to this and you're between that sort of age, 35 to 40, or even 35 to 45, and you're like, mm, yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't have any perimenopause symptoms yet. I'm fine. <laughs> now is when you want to get that yeah. blood sugar and those sugar cravings yeah. under control so uh, that you go yeah. into this from that place. 100%. 100%. The sooner you get onto it, like the better, for sure. Yes. All right. We've got two points left. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing your longest podcast in history. <laughs> no, no, you, no, not even close. Oh, um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about the mood swings because yes. that's definitely a big feature of perimenopause. Oh, yeah. We yes. don't like to talk about it. Our husbands usually point it out to us at some yeah. point well, or other up, family members. I know. Well, first up, can we just say it's not us? We're just surrounded by idiots. Right. Thank, so, you. Thank you for clearing that up. Yes. Thanks, not <laughs> it's a not your fault, ladies. Menopause. Yes. Yeah. Not our hormones. Um, it's them. It's them. So I think as we get older, we get a bit wiser and I think our tolerance for idiots decreases. So I think that's definitely a part of it. Already there. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I know I will freely say what I think rather than just listen to politely to someone's dribble. Um, (laughs) Shut that shit down. (laughs) Um, But I think, I don't think, I know. So, again, when you've got these surges in hormones and then this sudden drop Um, so what happens like with a lot of PMS and sort of symptoms like that where you know you start to feel moody or cranky or snappy and it's because you know you're about to get your period your body realizes you're not pregnant it doesn't need all that progesterone so it drops so in a you know, in most of us throughout our entire menstruating lives, you know, our progesterone drops just before our period. It's worse for some women. Um, some women, it doesn't make any difference, but that's where we're more likely to have that kind of cranky, snappy period. Then in perimenopause, it's on steroids. Okay, so we get these big surges and then these massive big drops. And it's like someone's pulled the rug out from under us. So we do have this, you know, sort of hormone imbalance, this higher, you know, we don't necessarily have to have high estrogen, but we've got higher estrogen and our progesterone's just crashed. So we've got really low progesterone. And, you know, it does, it affects our brain chemistry ultimately so this is where we do tend to get more snappy more um cranky moody you know things like that and yeah (laughs) throw that in with lower tolerance for things um you know this is a big thing and a lot of women you know say to me like I just don't feel like myself you know I say the most horrible things to my partner and to my kids and to my friends and actually no one really says it to their friends it's more to their partner and their kids. <laughs> um, but yeah but it is quite distressing for a lot of women so you know this is where we there's a lot we can do you know we, can, we can't sort of change those surges but we can certainly support the way your body uses progesterone so you don't have as bigger crashes um, so we can sort of support those moods. And 
yeah, and again, I did mention sort of anxiety as well because that can be sort of an issue that is new for a lot of women at this point in time of their life. Yeah. And often when we fly off the handle at our partners, it is because we are experiencing anxiety and that's the way that it comes out, but we don't yeah. realise that it's anxiety. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, mm. so, yeah, so we want to support your hormones and there's so much we can do with, you know, making sure that we're getting the right nutrients, again, that right balance of blood sugar, you know, because if, if our blood sugar is out, you know, that's going to trigger those moods. If we're tired and we're not getting enough sleep, that's going to trigger those moods. So you can probably start to, and, you know, if we've just had a ton of sugar and you know, we've crashed, you can see where it all is linked together. Um, so it's, it's never just one thing. It's all connected to, to all the other things going on. Yeah, it, it really is. And if you could see what I've been writing, because I'm always taking notes during podcast interviews, and if you could see like I've been circling words and then, you know, I've got arrows going from one yeah. circle to another and yeah. pretty much like everything's joined up, you know, oh. the, sh the sugar, the yeah. alcohol, the stress, the adrenals, like yeah. all of it, it's all, everything's yeah. having an impact on everything else. Yeah. And there's this whole cascades of like, um, you know, one thing leads to the next thing and then that leads yeah. to the next thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I think, you know, that's where you really need this holistic approach because, and I think as, you know, nutritionists and naturopaths, this is what we do really well is because we do address all of these things together. Um, and certainly like the women that I work with, it's, you know, we look at them as a whole person and we look at everything that's going on. It's not just, oh, well, you know, you need to go on the pill or, oh, you know, here's a script for this or, you know, it's we need to address all of the pieces because they then lift everything else up. Whereas exactly. If you, you know, and I just see these women on this downward spiral, you know, and it's they, they feel like everything's going out of control, but it's, you know, we need to sort of support the blood sugar, support the stress, support, you know, get the right balance of nutrients, you know, and sort of support you as a whole person, not just as, you know, one kind of symptom. All right. I think we've saved the best slash worst symptom to last but I also think we've saved the one for last that is definitely the one that your mum did not talk to you about. She did not. Can anyone guess what it is? <laughs> Dry vaginas, ladies. Yes. Sorry to bring it up, but, well, it's not just... It's not just dry down there. It's dry everywhere. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, but this is the one that women suffer through without talking to anyone about. And yeah. I don't know whether it's because they're, you know, they're embarrassed or is it because they literally don't put two and two together and realise that it's because of perimenopause or whether yeah. it's just you know, it, it, maybe it gets just pushed to one side because, you know, it's not considered to be too bad a symptom. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. What's yeah. going on? Okay. So what, like the as far as the 
physiology of what's going on is when your estrogen drops. So if you think of estrogen as a lubricant, all right, so it lubricates your eyes. So a lot of women complain about having dry eyes. Uh, a lot of women complain about having joint pain. So estrogen is, you know, it helps lubricate your joints. Um, and uh, dry skin is a big one and dry vaginas. So what... You know, we tend to talk about when I talk to my clients, you know, we, we do talk about libido and how they feel. And generally, like if you are, if you've put on a bit of weight, if you're feeling tired, cranky, you're not going to be in the mood. So again, that's part of supporting you holistically. So you've got half a chance of actually feeling like sex. All right. And then some women like feel really guilty because, you know, their partners are being really sweet and they're like constantly just going, don't touch me, stay away. Um, but part of it is actually, you know, painful sex, um, you know, recurrent UTIs and, you know, just generally not feeling very good, you know. So it is due to this um, drop in estrogen. So, you know, it's and, you know, the beautiful terminology, I'm sure it was a bloke that came up with this, is you can't, your vagina can atrophy. So right. Sounds so, wonderful. Isn't that something to look forward to? Oh, it doesn't kind of have to be like that. And a lot of, oh, okay, so my, so there's a few things going on. So there can be, um, you know, whether you've had children or not, you know, there can be um, prolapses, you know, like pelvic prolapses. So that could be your vagina, your bladder, bowels kind of coming through your vagina where they're not supposed to because, you know, all the ligaments holding them up have been stretched either from having kids or just, you know, as we get older, again, we've lost that estrogen that holds it all up and, you know, things just flow through. So what I highly, highly recommend is um, seeing a pelvic physiotherapist. You don't need a GP referral. You can just you know, Google one and find one close to you. Um, these ladies are worth their weight in gold. So what they do is they do do an internal examination. They also do an external examination, but they get, they give you an option that's not straight to surgery. So um, there's all sorts of things like um, pessaries, silicon pessaries that they can use, um, which just sort of help hold everything up. So the lady, I actually went and saw one, and she was saying that the biggest reason for admission into nursing homes, you know, apart from dementia, is incontinence. And apparently 80% of us will be incontinent by the time we're in our 70s and 80s. So another reason to get onto this now is, you know, if you have any form of painful sex or, you know, things feel dry or, you know, there's so much you can do about it. And, again, we're not having these conversations. So no one's telling us to go and see the pelvic floor physio. Um, you know, and I have this conversation with my clients when we sort of are doing their intake and it's sort of like, well, how's sex? How does it feel? Um, you know, is it hurting? Do you get recurrent UTIs? You know, things like that because that then is an indication that they need, you know, someone to check them out but the good news is we have a friend who is a naturopath who specializes in and i'm going to pronounce this wrong urogenitry 
is your genitourinary tract. Is that it? Are you talking about Moira? Moira, yeah. We love Moira. Moira's been yeah. on the show. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So um, Can we that- announce her product before she does? I don't know. Are we allowed to do that? Quick, someone call Moira and ask. Um, yeah, let, let's anyway. Let's not name names, but we'll just say we have this product coming. Who yeah. has created this amazing product, which I think is actually going to be life changing for so many women. Yes. And yeah, it's designed to moisturize. It's a moisturizer for your vagina, essentially. Yep. But your basically, vagina, yep. <laughs> your vagina, vulva the clitoris like the whole area so instead of using like petroleum based um lubricants and things like that which can actually make the the whole thing worse and more irritated um this is a purely natural product and i think you know again it's the conversation that we need to keep having and probably our mothers would never have with us you know i'll be having it with my daughter because you know at yeah. 12 she just loves all the conversations that I'm willing to have <laughs> her and she's just like oh my god stop mum <laughs> I, um, I accept that there's a small percentage of people out there who've had this conversation with their mum but she's yeah. it'd be rare especially with our mum's kind of age group oh, yeah god. yeah no that's right but definitely ladies there is help out there and you know certainly if you come across you know practitioners like Jules and I, we are more than happy to go there and chat about it, all the things. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're good with the vag chat. We really are. I'm just looking actually back through the, because um, if you are looking for my conversation with Moira, it is way, way back in the podcast, but you're actually looking for the one with, her name is Moira Bradfield Stridham, and it was part of a three-part VAG series, that's what we called it, back way, way back in the podcast boonies, but it was a very interesting chat that we had with her. Here it is, Shiny Healthy You number 66. So if you go back even through your podcast app, you will find it, and it was called Moira Bradfield, How to Have a Healthy Vagina. And she actually talks in there about, conventional lubricants and why you don't want to do them because like they mess up the pH of the vagina and like then you're going to leave yourself more open to bacterial infections and thrush and then that's going to make the sex more painful which means you need more lubricant which means you're going to mess it up even more and anyway it was an amazing chat but yeah Yeah. we this product could be a definite game changer where there's a few naturopaths that are kind of chomping at the bit to get their hands on this one oh yeah I can't wait Yes. Personally and professionally. Yeah. (laughs) We'll run anything up the flagpole. (laughs) We're we're here, dear listener, we're here doing the hard yards so that you don't uh, have to. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I always know my clients. I wouldn't get you to do anything I wouldn't do. So, yeah. So so we will give it a go. There is nothing that we won't do here, is there? Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) But I think, you know, just to be able to have the conversation about it, and let you know that, yeah, this is a part of what's going on with your body, but it doesn't have to be, you know, all doom and gloom. With everything that we've talked about today, you know, there's something that we can do to turn this around, you know. And I think the best time to start is, you know, right now. So it's not too late for you ladies at all. (laughs) No, it's never too late. There's always something you can do and there's always 
little tweaks that naturopaths and nutritionists can do for you that help to naturally turn things around rather than having to resort to the big guns with the GP yet. If you have to resort to the big guns, we're not going to frown upon that. It's like do what you got to do to have a good quality of life and all of that. We support that. But absolutely there's, you know, that's it. There's a a reason for everything. And uh, yeah, absolutely. But even if you do have to resort to things like HRT, like doing all of these things that we talked about today, they're yeah. going to support that so that you feel better overall anyway and 100%. so that you're detoxifying that medicine better anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah there, and that's it. You know, HRT is not going to help you with your weight if you're not addressing your diet. HRT isn't going to help you get a better night's sleep if you're not addressing your stress. So it's, it's not like it's there for some things, but it's not an overall magic pill either. No. No, and there's always things that we can and should be doing on the side to make you as healthy as we can possibly make you. So, For sure. So you've got many, many long years ahead of of being an amazing, older, wise woman out there because the world needs more of that too. Absolutely, absolutely. I did a um, a post the other day about, you know, I want to be the woman, you know, in my 80s and 90s who's on the dance floor at my grandkids' wedding. Yeah. (laughs) I want to be that grandma. (laughs) I want to be the old salty one that's still paddling out in the surf and has the respect of all the whippersnappers out there. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, totally life goals. (laughs) Cool. well, thank you so much, Kylie, for going there. And My absolute and pleasure, Jules. Thanks for having me. So really much. Yeah. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Absolutely. Um, look, you've got an amazing Facebook group with thousands of people in it, um, as well as like a cracking website, online programs for women. Can you let everyone know where they can find you online? Absolutely. Uh, on my website is kyliepinwill.com. So K-Y-L-I-E, Pinwill, no one can spell it, P-I-N-F-O-N-E-L-L-E-W-I-L-L.com. And that's where you can find out all about, yeah, you know, different ways you can work with me. And then I do have a Facebook community, which is a free group. It's called the Hormone Hub. Uh, perimenopause and menopause support group amazing and how many people are in that group uh yeah about six and a half thousand now so we've got just a cool six and a half thousand just a cool six and a half thousand we've got a great little community there for sure awesome all right well thank you again for for giving us so much of your time and your energy and your wisdom today and um yeah I look forward to I look forward to all the private messages we're about to get in our inboxes asking about this product. <laughs> <laughs> Hang in there ladies, it's coming. Uh, it's coming. Uh, yep. we, we've, we've got you covered. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks so much, Kylie. Okay, thanks Jules. I hope you enjoyed listening to Straight Talking Natural Health. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, head over to my website at julesgalloway.com. There's a free quiz on there to see if you're at risk of burnout. I also have an amazing ebook called Heal Your Adrenals, which is a must for any woman with adrenal dysfunction, aka adrenal fatigue. When I'm not podcasting, I'm seeing clients all over the world via Zoom. 
I love working with fatigue, thyroid issues, autoimmunity, pyrrole disorder, mold illness and complex cases to name just a few. So why not book in and let's work together? All of this and more is available right now over at julesgalloway.com. That's all from me for the time being. I look forward to diving in with you again in the next episode. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.